You could only, I mean, your social interaction, you didn't have a headset Huge. and like, you know, a microphone that you're like, hey, Star Commander, uh, come in. We're at this. No, you had to go next door and knock on the door. We didn't, we didn't even call him. We next said, knock hey, on the door. can Greg come over and play Atari? <laughs> yeah. I'm John Stevens, and this is Pod Have Mercy. Russell, Russell, this is Pod Have Mercy. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see you. All right? See, he's laughing right there. And she's not happy. Oh, I think when he looked over. That was a nice one. Okay. Yeah, he looked over. Uh Oh, Richard. (laughs) Oh, wow. I'm going to do that to you at church someday, John. (laughs) Matt and Michelle, keep my wife's name. (laughs) Greatest night in the history of television. He has trouble getting back on. Oh, yeah. He that's what he I, actually recovered way better than I, I would have thought. He he got back on. He he was stunned for a minute, but he came back and like was pretty professional. I mean, so are we on? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so we rolling. Would you like to, would you like to make a hot take about Will Smith <laughs> and Chris take. Rock? We need a hot take because we're on current events today. <laughs> So you didn't see it in real time. I, I didn't. I saw it on an Instagram feed, and I just thought it was. I did. I just passed it by. I just thought it was maybe a bit that they were doing. I don't really watch the Oscars just no. because I don't watch movies anymore. I think, but yeah. we for some reason we were, were flipping around, and we got yeah, it was like right before this. Wow. Oh, so you saw it in real time? Oh, we saw it in real time. What was you- because at first you're thinking, oh, this was staged, yeah, right. But then they they cut everything out on TV. It was silent. There was no sound. Like the whole interchange was cut out. It was like somebody hit the mute button. They probably had a delay on the yeah, bomb. Yeah, probably three second delay. So they were. I need that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> the I made delay. me the mat delay. It made me more like five seconds. <laughs> a day and a half. A day and a half, right? That would have saved After you can actually think about it and you can come back and re- <laughs> rework it out. But no, he, it went totally silent. And I, I, we were just stunned. I said, he really, and, my, and Stephanie, my wife's like, no, he didn't hit him. That's stage, that's acting. I was like, I think you really hit him. Yeah. I think you really did. Yeah. And he did. And, and I don't, you know, I don't know what to make. I mean, all right, so here's my, my take, right? <laughs> it, it, he made a joke about his wife and she has alopecia, uh, alopecia, alopecia yeah. which is an autoimmune disease. It keeps you from growing hair. So, and she's talked about it publicly. Mm-hmm. And he made the joke about G.I. Jane movie, which, you know, first off to me, it's like punching down yeah. um, from his position. So I'm, on the, I, I'm kind of all over the place a little bit on this because it's punching down. It seems really mean-spirited. Like from my perspective, it's mean-spirited. It's, it's, it's just not right. But and then again, I have to say, okay, well, this is the Oscars. Right. And if you've ever seen the kind of people they have on there, like Ricky Gervais oh my goodness. or Chris Rock, all they do is stand up there and blister people. Yeah. Right. I mean, relentlessly make jokes about the people in it's the It's almost audience. like a roast. It, I think that the monologues have turned more into a roast, which yeah. I just think, yeah, maybe there's a, a bit of a reaction. But, if you, but, but there's a fine line, I think, with, with someone who has a, like a medical condition Absolutely. or something Absolutely. like that. So today, we have no guest. We are... <laughs> mono e mono <laughs> shooting the breeze so i 
sent you guys this article from the Wall Street Journal about these teenage girls, it's typically more often with teenage girls, are getting TikTok-related tics and other disorders. Did you read this article? I had to sign in and <laughs> subscription. No, you did not. Yeah, it's telling me I have to subscribe. All right, well then no, don't do that. You don't need to pay a subscription. <laughs> so anyway, apparently, if you don't know about this, so are you all familiar with TikTok? Mm-hmm. Matt Russell, do you know what TikTok is? Only because you it introduced on it clock. to me. <laughs> TikTok, TikTok the on the clock. Yeah. TikTok is the rabbit hole, the cesspool of, of, of social media where you just these little, it used to be like 30 second, 60 second, yeah. two minute videos. Now you can. I think it's 30 minutes. 30 well. minutes. It's 30 gonna, minutes that's well. just going to destroy it. It's crazy. But it's, um, you know, when you're, in, when, when you're in the restroom and you're just wasting time, TikTok's what you scroll. Okay. It's like the death, so. the, the, doom <laughs> the doom scroll. Scrolling. You're just scrolling. And it's. Three o'clock, dark soul just wakes up to. Sc- <laughs> what, what all the pain in the world. And it's just. <laughs> I mean, my experience is, well, I mean, I, I'm not a TikTok historian, so I can't tell you the history of it all. But don't you remember it was like, we even did during the pandemic, we did little dance routines like yeah. bump, 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 yeah. bump, 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 bump. And then you put it on TikTok. Right. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. that, that was it. It was like little songs yeah. and little dance routines. Yeah. And all the little middle school girls did it. And everybody did it. And the families did it. Dads did it. Mm-hmm. Then there were like the ones where you can like change your dress. Yeah. Right. Or your, your look. Yeah, all this kind of stuff. And then they started doing cooking. Like, here's the best way to make macaroni and cheese using Cheetos, flaming hot Cheetos, yeah. and you put them in the pan and you'd cook them down. It's all disgusting stuff. <laughs> but now there's uh, there's news stuff. Like, my understanding was like in Ukraine and Russia, they were using it for news as well. Is that right, Jeff? You're you're. I'm I'm looking to the young person to help me because <laughs> I have no idea. That what is to. correct. So anyway, TikTok. There's a phenomenon um, that there were Tourette videos posted on TikTok, and they have drawn 5.6 billion views. Hmm. I think about that. How many people are in the world? Seven billion? I don't know. So 5.6 billion views for these um, videos that are on that are hashtagged Tourette's, and it's like people with real Tourette's uh, syndrome, which is a nervous system disorder that strikes usually males in early childhood and causes them to make repetitive involuntary movements or sounds. But what doctors diagnosed in these girls that were coming with these issues is that they were like they were in, in Chicago uh, in the spring of 2020, in Chicago, there were girls that were uncontrollably blurting out the same words as girls in Calgary. Mm. And it was like a tick right? Like a Tourette's tick. So they're going to the doctors and the doctors found out they diagnosed, look, they don't have Tourette syndrome. Instead, they, they, they diagnosed it as a functional neurological disorder, mm-hmm. a class of affliction that includes vocal tics and abnormal body movements that are not tied to the underlying disease. Now, over time, the patients recover, but I was fascinated that here is TikTok and, and behavior that comes out of people incessantly watching TikTok, um, what they call a mix of cumulative stress in addition to the social media influence. Yeah. 
Now, TikTok, of course, has said, hey, just because people are watching these videos and getting these ticks doesn't mean we're causing it. <laughs> Which sounds like the corporate lawyers got in a room. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what do you think about this? Jeff, as a young person, you're a relative young person here. I mean, I know my, my daughter, Maddie, gave up TikTok for Lent. I think she cheats, but she got it honest because I modeled that for her cheating in Lent. But I, you know, you got to teach him young. But she was talking about how much time she saved in her day. Yeah. And how her screen time was down because yeah. TikTok, you just get lost in this thing. People who don't know what yeah. it is, you don't understand. It's just you're scrolling through these videos and you stop and you watch and you scroll and you stop and watch. And some of them are actually really compelling, like not compelling. That's not the right word. It's like, I don't know. Well, it's, it's interesting because watching I watching a car crash. Did, yeah. Did you ever see the social dilemma? Because part of their premise on the social dilemma was that these uh, websites and social platforms are really kind of curating and and cultivating these these kind of addictive processes and so there's all these things that happen within addictive processes and i know that within addiction you form behaviors that you would not do outside of that addiction right so i wonder if there are if there's behavioral repetitive things that people are doing that then are creating these kind of psychological responses and it seems like like if if the social dilemma at least their premise is right that that might be well, they Something talk about, don't you remember in the social dilemma, especially with younger girls, when they would post on social media, if they didn't get a certain yeah. number of likes, likes or comments, it would, they, they would wear this intense shame. They would yes. take it down. My girls were the same way. If they didn't get a hundred likes, like within a certain amount of time, they would take it down because they felt like something's not right with right. this picture. It's yeah. not good enough yeah. or whatever. And <clears throat> they talked about the endorphin rush that you get when people respond and then the extreme like shame if you don't get the response or if someone makes a negative comment and they correlate this all with mental mental health and suicides and all these other things it's really amazing how much power social media has over us and i think we i i would say that i don't think we realize those of us who are a little older, how powerful it is. But I would also argue that even our kids who are in it, I don't think no. they realize the power that it has. They just engage in it. They look at it as like, this is just a part of life. Right, right. <clears throat> That's a, and it's interesting to think about that in terms of like, because being kind of the first generation that has kids that have these kind of devices as a parent, I feel like in some ways we're in a no, like, no man's zone and no woman's zone we don't there's not like parameters there hasn't been like massive studies that have been set up you know and i think in 20 years we might have some kind of i don't know some kind of um uh, some bumpers that we create socially and and politically and even legally that would say hey this is this is uh kind of creating some unhealthy kind of mental and physical yeah there's a there's a video embedded in this story about how they've done this investigation that at tiktok same way with the facebook and all these other social Mm -hmm. media they have these algorithms yeah and they they figure you out right and they know what your desires are your deepest desires or the things that you hunger for and this is the, this is the thing about the, the algorithms. It's always interesting to me when people are on social media 
they think everyone agrees with them because all they see is stuff that's cultivated or curated for their feed. Yes. And it's always interesting to me, like someone will run into me and say, man, I can't believe, you know, you didn't say anything about whatever my issue. And I'm like, what do you mean? So yeah, I put it on Facebook. I was like, yeah, that's I not, a pr- that's not, not a the way it works. works. That's not, <laughs> that's I mean, not if, a prayer request. Yeah, I mean, if you, I need, if you need prayer uh, or you need pastoral care, you don't have to call. I mean, we're not out there combing social media to find yeah, out what that, all the, the needs are. But it, So here's another thing that's really big, especially for younger people, and particularly girls, but I think it's, it's boys as well, but it does seem to affect girls more. So last year, several pediatric organizations in the U.S., actually declared a national emergency for children's mental health now primarily to the stressors of the pandemic that makes sense you think about all the things that the kids had to miss and had to go through listen and even though my my youngest daughter was able to make it out of high school i think about you know her first year of college was deeply impacted she had to come home from spring spring break and not go back Mm. but i think about those high school kids think about seniors yeah. All the activities you're supposed That's to do, you don't get to walk down for graduation, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the dance recitals, the concerts, the everything, the and, parties. Yeah. And, and, and when, when kind of socialization and working out kind of identity within those kind of spaces are done in these kind of social settings and all that's taken away. And basically you've got parents that are trying to work and you've got kids that are online to increase the folks being online and isolated. You know, and so even folks in their own homes would be in their own rooms doing these very isolating things, mm. right? And so I, I think they're, I, I'm still going to be very interested in some of the studies that come out of just. It's, it's going to be with us for a long time, and I don't even think we know, but yeah. weekly emergency room visits among 12 to 17 year old girls, for example, for various mental health conditions rose in 2020, 21, and January of 22 compared with the same weeks in 2019. Mm. And they were related to these tics and eating disorders, which they see increasing in each of these periods. Mm. And the proportion of visits among adolescent females with eating disorders doubled during the pandemic, while those for girls displaying tic disorders tripled. And they're pointing to these TikTok videos about the ticks as being a factor in the girls. It, it, the TikTok is somehow connected. They've, they've done research on this. It's not, I'm not just making this up. And they've also said that these TikTok videos are affecting um, severe dieting and is a factor in the girls' eating disorders. Yeah. So they say boys actually fared a little better in the, in the reports that came out, but man, um, they even had reports of a rise in emergency room visits among adolescent boys with eating disorders during the pandemic. Hmm. I, I don't, I mean, they, they theorize or they think that boys were able to find more outlets for some reason. That's what they say. There's, hmm. They have better outlets from social isolation in the pandemic with multiplayer online video games, for example. Right. Yeah, right. that, so, that's interesting. Now think about that PlayStation, uh, Xbox. I actually there was Oculus. a Oculus. Yeah, there was a dad um, during the pandemic. I remember I heard this from a couple of parents. They like always managed the video games. Really kind of hated the video games. The kids were all in the video games. That, that was like a lifesaver during the pandemic yeah. right. because it was their social interaction. Because mm-hmm. they right. couldn't go see anybody. Yep. Right. 
And yet they were able to maintain their connection. Right. And increase it in some ways. Yeah. You know. Not that we're sitting here saying video games are a healthy way to go forward. But, <laughs> the savior of our youth but, today. But it's a different world that we live in. I mean, yeah. I couldn't have stayed socially connected in middle school or high school with my video games. We had the Atari. It was like Pong. It was like a square. I crushed it on Pong. Yeah, it was like a square <laughs> like this, and it had like a joystick. So it was just like a square box with a red button, and it had a stick, and you would like... Then they also had the one with a little knob on it. Like, yep, that was Atari. I mean, listen, this is before, this is pre um, Space Invaders, pre Asteroids, pre. This is just yeah. Pong. Yeah. And what was the one with the castle, defend the castle? And then like the little centipede that went around. And it was just like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> and you could only, I mean, your social interaction, you didn't have a headset Huge. and like, you know, a microphone that you're like, hey, Star Commander, uh, come in. We're at this. No, you had to go next door <laughs> and knock on the door. We didn't, we didn't even call him. We next said, knock hey, on the door. can Greg come over and play Atari? <laughs> yeah. You had to like go out in the rain. See, I was so old. I went out in the rain no. uphill both ways to find somebody to it's, come play Atari with me. We lived during Stranger Things, right? Uh, we Stranger did. Things yeah, there. so the kids didn't know Stranger uh, Things. That's, that's where we Kids on bikes. Up. That's Get us. Bike. <laughs> you come home from school and you go leave and you come back at dinner time. <laughs> you right. mysteriously show up when dinner is ready yeah, you know it you can smell it smell mom's meatloaf <laughs> <laughs> it was more for us it was like salisbury steak and the stouffer's like frozen dinner tv dinners salisbury oh, yeah. steak, salisbury steak oh, was Lord. the best oh really yeah salisbury steak is the best with a little um i guess they were like dehydrated mashed potatoes yeah oh yeah yeah i always loved how they would have uh salisbury steak and dehydrated mashed potatoes they'd yeah. have whole kernel corn because you need both starches yep. you're right yeah you starch it out there <laughs> and then there would be the brownie the little oh, yeah, brownie. The brownie and it was always so overcooked in the microwave it would say please remove the foil from everything but the brownie <laughs> and so you leave the foil on the brownie and it would just you know, fry this, it. And, and all of a sudden the brownie's still like <laughs> you hey <laughs> If you're under 40, you're like, what is he talking uh, this, about? <laughs> this is like flashback right here. This this was the 80s version of Snackables. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right? Lunchables. Yeah. Lunchables. Lunchables. Yeah, this is like... Uh, <laughs> What's interesting about that... Uh, you know what else I love? Oh, what else did you love, John? <laughs> Fish Dear sticks. Lord. Fish sticks. People have no idea. There was a whole economy of happiness in the 1980s for guys that like, hey, you want to come over and have some fish sticks? <laughs> really? There was an economy. Oh, an economy really? Yeah, there was an economy of happiness. That's awesome. Sticks. Yeah. <laughs> Morton's. Yeah, Morton's. I remember that. Frozen remember the fish guy, sticks? the fish guy oh, with, yeah, the with the yellow, yellow uh, suit on? Yeah. Frozen, man. You just pour those puppies out. I bet they were healthier. I bet you they were actually fished the, back yeah, then. Fish. <laughs> when, I, when I think about kids on bikes, and I think about the kind of the, the the era that we grew up in without as much kind of at least kind of digital distraction, that I think that it, it necessitated kind of a social interaction that um, 
I think um, is absolutely necessary for mental, social, spiritual health, hmm. right? And so I think you, you, we go through the pandemic and you remove all of those. You remove church from people's lives, the ability to get together. You, you remove athletics from people's lives. You remove school from people's lives. And then you isolate them um, um, into a room and you give them a digital um, window to the world, which is really... Um, not a window. It, it ends up becoming a way that you have to hold yourself psychologically. So you're not working through problems with um, your peers or with your parents in, in any kind of healthy way. You're not um, developing and trying to check yourself emotionally and trying to kind of being around like a multiplicity of people that are doing that. And so you're, you're ultimately isolated. And I, I wonder if a lot of what we're having and coming out of the pandemic, even I think with adults, is not just delayed development, but it has been a type of um, interaction within our isolation that we're really going to have to recover from. And I wonder if TikTok, that this TikTok sim- syndrome is a manifestation of that, hmm. you know? Um, and this is why I think, and I, I'll plug, you know, what we do in in the church is I think one of the things that's so important about the church is that it, it offers that space of grace, multiple kind of generational connection and the ability then to like pro socially problem solve stuff, Hmm. which is all massive for identity development. You know, I think about too, when you, when you talk about younger generations, millennials and Gen Z that, that are out of church, 70%, 70%, you know, Jeremy Steele told us yeah. last week that 70% of people that are not church or unchurched were at one time church, in the church, but now they are no more, they, they no longer are. And when we're talking about these issues around mental health with young people, when you're talking about all these ways, how does the church intersect to help with this? So like, I think about Iconoclast, mm-hmm. and you guys are, are, are in schools yes. working with you know, uh, disadvantaged and vulnerable kids in middle school and high school mm-hmm. and elementary school too. I mean, but middle Man school, middle high school, school high school, yeah. And helping them to find a voice through art and poetry and music yeah. that they wouldn't be able to access right. anywhere else. Yeah. And this is the church doing the work. I, I'm struck by a quote from Tim Keller, who's a pastor in New York. And he says, he asks, are you the kind of person and is your church the kind of church about which others in your community might say, I don't share their beliefs, but I shudder to think about what this city would be like without them. Mm. And I feel like for a lot, of, a lot of situations, churches are not, one of the reasons why I think a lot of young people are just not interested in church is because church is not addressing anything in their life that matters. Mm. I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's just church doesn't, and church doesn't matter. I mean, what, what is it doing? What good is it doing? Because they think of church just sitting there on the corner to exist for the church's purpose, yes. for the people that are inside the walls. Yeah, yeah. And so when you, when you feel like that church is really just there for itself and not really for anyone else, and when you see the church behave badly around politics and COVID and vaccine and masks and race and all this, young people are like, why would I want to have anything to do with that? Right. I mean, I'll find spirituality in some other way, but not organized religion. So I still think there's a place for churches that can do it differently, 
And I think there is going to be, I believe there will be some type of, I hate to use this old term, a revival, if you will, or mm -hmm. reviving, yep. where I think a lot of young people are going to reconnect with the churches that are not willing to be, to use the word churchy. It's not about the church. Right. It's about right. the world, which is what the church is supposed to be about. <laughs> yeah. For God so loved who? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The world. And that's what we're supposed to be bearing witness to. Right. Yeah. And I, th I think you're absolutely right. The other thing, too, is I think then then in that paradigm that then people don't go to church. They partner with the church in the world that's doing things for redemption. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's a very different thing than creating a model that says we got it. You need it. How about it? But if the church says we're going to throw that paradigm out and we realize that the activity of God is in the world, let's go get after it. And we're found getting after it, right? Then millennials or whoever else want to partner alongside of the redemptive things that we see do God doing. And maybe it's the church partnering with them and the redemptive things they're doing because it has God all over it. Hmm. So I think it's, I, I don't know if we've seen yet what the paradigm is moving towards. We just know what it's not, right? Um, well, and I think it, 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 you have to have some sense of, of humility and actual, like, courage to be able to, like, when you're an institutional person, like, you're a church person, like, I'm a pastor, I work at a church, I pastor a church, you pastor, you're a pastor at a church. Jeff, you do digital ministry at a church. <laughs> but at some point, we have to just say, we haven't done a good job being what we're supposed to be. And I think it, it, that's that constant self-criticism, not in a way that that's bashing us or beating us up. Cause I think Chapelwood does as well as any church does to try to really be a, about understanding that the church is, is for the world. We serve and we exist for the world. Yes. Not for our own purposes. Yes. Yeah. I think this church has done as well as anybody, but we still have a long way to go it, to build the trust absolutely. of people in the community, especially young people to say, yes. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. It's almost like the church needs to do a fourth step, like in, in, in recovery, right? This, this moral fearless inventory of what's led us to this place. And until we can look at ourselves and, and say, oh, this is what shaped us. It wasn't the love of God in the world. It was really our own prominence. It was really our own pensions. It was really our own kind of counting how many butts are in seat, whatever those things are, right? Mm -hmm. If we can do a moral fearless inventory and then confess that, then the path opens up for possibilities in the future. But if we're, um, as you say, if we're um, doubling down on defending ourselves, we'll miss the opportunity of what God has for us in this moment and I think in the future. Well, shifting gears, talking about th this article was interesting to me. It's also in the Wall mm. Street Journal, and it's about the secret of workplace zen. I love this article because it's about young people and digital life, working in life, yeah. and especially people working remotely since COVID, and some people continuing to work remotely, like PricewaterhouseCooper, which is one of the largest accounting consulting firms they basically just said no one's ever coming back to the office yeah so you can and we're going to adjust your pay accordingly you can go live wherever you want you want to go live in wyoming go live in wyoming you want to go to yellowstone and kevin costner beth dutton <laughs> and, and go have at it rip rip <laughs> yep you can go work on the ranch and you can work uh part-time whatever you can just have you internet out there please <laughs> but this so this is this is the article's point yeah. is that People are actually working remotely now. Yeah. And the problem is 
if your Wi-Fi is not great, <laughs> your cell phone signal's not great. Mm. So what they're finding is that the secret to Zen and happiness and these now new ways of, of working is they are digging out old telephones. Rotary? Wired, <laughs> plugged in I got one with a cord. I've got one in my office. Well, it could be push. I do. It could be push button too. But basically, they're saying they're sick of they're sick and tired of dropped calls, spotty Wi-Fi, and they are actually going back and reverting to early two thousands technology, like Ethernet cables. Ethernet cables, hardwired. So I think about this. So are you, uh, anybody who's young and get this? I'm watching on my smart TV. I'm watching a movie on Netflix. Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden, my Wi-Fi in the house, which is supposed to be the biggest, baddest Wi-Fi Xfinity ever created in yeah. the universe of universes. In the multiverse. Right. All of a sudden, it just decides it's going to refresh or whatever the hell it does where I have to like, yeah. nothing works. Yeah. Uh, we're taking a time out right now on Wi-Fi. And I go on my app and I was like, it must be down. Nope, it's not down. <laughs> Everything's good. Wi-Fi's up all over. What's coming into my house? Oh, coming into your house is like 7,000 kilobytes per second. <laughs> You should be downloading a human being over the Wi-Fi like in a moment. And then all of a sudden, it's like, but nothing works. Yeah. And it's like buffering, buffering. So you have to wait a few minutes, and then all of a sudden, it comes back on, and you're finding you finish your movie. I'm thinking if you're working, you're like a sales call or some big oh, yeah. client, and all of a sudden, it's like, ah. <laughs> wait a minute, is that on him or me? Have you been on the Zoom? Yeah. Where I'm like, I'm not sure, is this, if everyone freezes, I think it's me. Yeah. Yes. But if one person freezes, oh, it's them. You know it's right. Like, but people don't know that. No. Somebody froze up for a while on a call recently. They froze up. It's like, we're all going, yeah, I think they're frozen. I think they're frozen. They come back on and goes, all y'all were frozen. So something must be wrong with your Wi-Fi. And I was all like, yeah, right. It's on us. But they're going to old school, hardwired telephones. So cords... <laughs> Cords are no longer for old people. Mm. Unplug the cord. Now you've had this whole new young generation that is re-attaching uh, or uh, pulling back out these. They're going to kind of go into hybrid and remote working. So they're embracing the joys of this, what I would refer to as a hardy old school technology. <laughs> Wired headphones. I will tell you, my, oh, I shouldn't say the, the manufacturer, but if you're watching on, you know, CNBC, <laughs> these, these things are great, yeah. but sometimes I'm just, you know, decides it doesn't want to work. You know, I got the finicky pair, right? you know, the pair that likes me sometimes and doesn't like me other times, but I always have an extra pair of the plug-in you know, headphones. Oh, yeah. I don't have to worry about those bleeding in and out. Yeah. Disconnecting. Nice. Your Wi-Fi, your headphones have disconnected. Mm -hmm. you, you know, it's been interesting. So I went camping over uh, um, spring break and we were in a place where you could not get Wi-Fi uh, uh, or, or a, a cell signal. And to watch both the, what happened with me and one of my boys over like a day after we kind of went through the detox period, it was, <laughs> which, which there is, yeah. you know, because I just realized how many times I look at my phone, I'm tied to the phone, I'm yeah. responding. Anybody that res like that reaches out, like, you, there's this kind of like obsessive sense that you've got to respond sometimes. And all of that just went away. And it was like, 
we can't we had some of the best discussions of our life just realizing afterwards it's like oh i guess i guess let's go on a really long hike yeah which we would have done anyway but without phones you know to check in or to take pictures with it was us right and it was like this non-distractive space and i wonder if some of that like with with even the technology that's coming out is this desire to like we've overcomplicated and over availabized if that's even a word Ooh, that is now it's a new <laughs> that one. put that down call miriam webster <laughs> Availabized. If you use it, if you use it two weeks in a row. Availabized. Availabized. <laughs> call, call Miriam Webster. Call Miriam Webster. There's a new one. All right. I I will say so. One of the things my wife Stephanie said: make sure you talk talk about your spiritual practices. Yeah. Right. And and I think when you're talking about this, I think about we're in a season of Lent, which uh, Christians all over the world go through this season of 40 days before Easter where we fast yeah. self-denial engage in some self-denial so you give up something and by giving something up it, it causes you to ex- exposes some vulnerability in you like when you give up lunch you're gonna have hunger pangs and it's gonna make you think about how much I depend upon lunch and how my life is driven by the schedule of noon and all these sorts of things that you don't have control over that you have to learn to give up and I think that um, this is one I, I went on a retreat years ago and where they make you take your watch off. Yeah. You know, you, you first off, you, you deposit your phone, your technology, your wearables, whatever, and you take your watch off and it is the most liberating right thing in the world. I used to love, we would go for Thanksgiving, um, week or weekend to my brother-in-law used to have a house in Clayton, Georgia, in North Georgia, up right on the North Carolina border. And it was up with no cell signal. You had to kind of, uh, you had to come off this property and drive into Clayton. So that was like a daily thing. I'm going to get Chick-fil-A coffee or something. Uh, and because you also yeah, wanted yeah. to check your emails and your, and your text <laughs> messages, but it was just, it, oh, honestly, it's beautiful to go somewhere where you don't have, and we don't, I've, I've done this as a spiritual practice. Um, even during the day where I leave my phone and my watch and my headphones and everything at home to go for a walk, to walk the dog. And it just, that could sit a little thing. You it's, still do that? It's not a big deal. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it, no, I don't do it all the time, but I'm every once in a while I'll do it. And it's just, you find yourself just clutching your pocket. Like, yeah. <laughs> like oh, I got to so check, I got to check, I got to check. It's just little things. Do you find yourself like being like more present? Like, what does that do for you? It just makes me think about different things. Hmm. It just makes me think about all, I mean, things that I wouldn't have thought about. I mean, I, it's, it's not like, it's not the secret of life or anything. It's just, well, it's it different, it's a different, it is a really different experience. And yeah. you realize real quick too, when you leave your phone behind and you leave your watch behind or your headphones behind that, like, like I said, it's like the nap, nap jerk. Like when you are laying on the couch <laughs> nap and jerk. you kind of like <laughs> right. hit the yeah. nap jerk. Yeah. It's like the phone jerk. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't have my phone. Oh, my phone. Oh, no. Yeah. And then you get the phantom buzz. Like I used to get the phantom buzz in my in my pocket. You ever had that? No, I don't think so. Yeah. So 
I used to get like I'd always carry my phone in my pocket Uh and I never have my ringer on because let me just tell you if you're a church person yeah and um, there's a special place somewhere at the end of eternity for you (laughs) not turning your cell phone off before you come to church or any any, just anywhere in public God bless you movie theaters on Sunday did you have to you did I had to turn your phone off. (laughs) was it actually the sound yeah it dinged yours is not the one that rang I love the ones that go, you know, like, and everybody's looking around and it's like this old guy and he's like pushing it and chicken it. And he's like, he can't get it to turn off. And anyway, I got sidetracked. The whole point was like to be without your phone. But um, no, I think the intentional uh, putting these things away that we are so, I used to, like I was talking about the phantom buzz. I would literally, literally, get a like a vibrate my leg would vibrate would, but there was phone wasn't in it phantom it was i guess it was the tick of buzz. the TikTok or something huh. like that but i don't know i mean, i think for self-discipline i find that like um we used to go before the pandemic i haven't done one since we used to go with jerry and mm-hmm. and the center to um mattel yeah via, de, know, mattel. via yeah. de mattel which is a a Catholic retreat, a monastery, or what do they call them for the nuns? A nunnery. Convent? Get thee to a nunnery. <laughs> Convent. A convent. And it was, uh, it, was, um, it was great because you would go for a, a silent day retreat. Mm. And the whole idea was you leave your phone and your stuff in the car, and you have a book or your Bible or your notepad or your journal, and you're there all day. And even when you come together and eat lunch, you eat in silence. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool and really hard. It's and really it takes true. you almost like, it took me, I remember finding a little hillside on the, on the edge of the property because you kind of walk mm-hmm. off. And it was just like this slope, yeah. not far from the road. And it was a little cooler, so we had jackets on and the sun was shining. And I just laid down there <sighs> and I thought, I got to do something. I got to do something. And then I said, Hell with that. I, I to took that. my Bible and put it under my head, and I thought, I'm just going to just rest, mm. you know? But it took me like three hours to get to actually not be agitated. Yes. And that, that that's bad. Well, I, I think it's normal, though, right? Because I think we live in a world that is constantly distracting us. I think about one of the things that Rowan Williams says about the difference between running and fleeing when he's talking about the Desert Fathers. Mm-hmm. And the Desert Fathers like went and fleed into the desert for a time. And they fleed? They fled. <laughs> I was going to say, he's the red hot chili peppers. He plays the bass. That's right. That's the bass player. But when you, he says, when I got to take my shirt off. Please don't. When you, he says, when you flee, you're actually not running from your problems. You're facing the thing, your compulsions, your anxiousness, always comparing yourself to other people, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it gives us time to like stripping of those things down, gives us time to look at, oh, this is what I become in the world without that time and that space to really reflect and to become curious and to, to ask God to, I guess, to shine God's light on us. Yeah, I would encourage, um, and I, I don't do a great job with it. I don't think any, anybody does a great job with it. Somebody, but if you're a younger person, you know, your life is significantly oriented around technology. I mean, look at this. I have a phone. I have a watch. I have 
an iPad and, you know, kids these days, they're just always connected, always turned on. Mm. I think it would be a great spiritual practice just to, I mean, what you just, what exposes in yourself when you put that stuff away, even if just for 30 minutes and you go for a walk with nothing. Yeah. I mean, if you're a young person thinking about my daughter, like at OU on campus, like put that stuff away, her and her friends, go by yourself or go with your friends. Think, like you said, the conversation that happens. Oh. You know, with kids, I notice every day, you know, everything has to be documented or picture taken or I need to post this or I need to check and see how whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah. I'm thinking, man, can you just imagine if you took a couple of your friends and say, hey, let's go throw the football, throw the Frisbee, whatever. Let's leave oh, the phones. Let's right. leave the digital technology. I think it's maybe, is it easier for guys than girls? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's All right. Well, hey, I, I will say that of... Whatever this podcast was today was way better than the one talking about the United Methodist Book of Discipline in paragraph numbers, like by a hundred million. A jillion. We actually talked about something that's... (laughs) We talked about real stuff. Yeah, life. Hey, put the technology away. Yeah. Go for a walk. Go for a walk without... Yeah. See what happens. I'm going to do... I'm going to do it this afternoon. That's a great idea. I'm going to do it this afternoon. All right, I'm John Stevens. And I'm Matt Russell. And this is Pod Have Mercy. Oh, hold on, I don't know, but Jesus is still a way to go. Of that I'm certain, regardless, whatever man recalls. Trying to make a splash like when my son be yelling cannonball. cannonball. <laughs> yeah, he like three, though. Similar to me, though. Thinking I alone supposed to be some sort of hero. Well, God, he made it clear that there is power in his people. I'm writing these words, hoping he grow up as a man and kind of understand.